Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 470, recorded live on Saturday, July 23rd, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who's still at his house, Dave Pillay. Hi! And the man who is back at his house, Andy Lowe. Hi. Welcome back to your house, Andy. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm sure it is. How is your day going, Andy? Well, Brian and Beth are actually here this weekend. Cool. They are currently at knitting with Kate. But they don't they don't knit. Brian crochets. Brian crochets? Yes. Did I, I did know not this? know this either. Did I know this? I didn't. I know that for a fact. Brian crochets. Good for him. So yes, she took him to the knitting crocheting group that she goes to every Saturday while I record. So they're having lunch there, they're doing that. I'm sitting here trying to figure out why the hell. Dave, that's your that's your keyboard, isn't it? That is my keyboard. Is that sending? Yes. All right. Yes, it well, that's is. Good to know. Do not touch your keyboard. <laughs> I'm not allowed to type anything. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> that's what the on-screen keyboard is for. Yeah, but then it's going to hear me like clicking the mouse. That's also way slower. Well, try clicking your mouse. See if that pulls up. What'd you do? Just slam it against the wall? I'm a very forceful clicker. Holy crap, you're a forceful clicker. I click with intent. I click hugely. I'm sorry, bigly. Dang, man. Dang. That's all right. I I will just have to resort to typing on my phone where it won't make noise. <laughs> so the reason why Dave has to do that is we're currently actually recording in Mumble because for some, I honestly do not know why, reason, call burner is recording both sides of the, well, sorry, only Dave's side of the conversation on both channels. And it's also sounding like he's getting put through a wood chipper. It does? Yeah, no, I actually listened to the audio on the thing there, and it's it's bad. So I might actually finally have to learn how to set up Adobe Audition to do the recordings instead of Call Burner, which it should be possible, right? I should be able to take a audio output put it as an audio input of some kind, and then feed both of them into Adobe Audition on separate channels, and we should be good, right? I assume so. Did, did you understand that conversation? Because sometimes I explain things to Kate, and she's like, you just said words. I, I You not only understand, you, you said words, they are words that I understand their individual meanings of. Just in combination. <laughs> I, I will need to reparse the statement i think to fully like comprehend and understand it's yes, like they were words that i understood to put this in an analogy it's kind of like i understand what flour milk eggs and butter and sugar do but somehow you made a cake i don't get that part of it sure we'll go with that that was a very complicated uh metaphor my apologies yeah let's go with that totally was complicated well, I think I can one up you. How so? Because you're you're having problems with the, just the recording. We found out yesterday that our basement flooded. Oh, damn! Two days ago. Wait, wait, wait. What? We found out yesterday that two days ago our basement flooded. Did did like Laz not just come up and tell you that the basement was flooding? Well, we only put Laz in the basement when we're putting him in his crate. That's how we found out the basement had flooded. Was we went down to put him in the crate and like the rugs were soaking wet. Ooh. Damn. It had all drained. It had all drained and dried. There was a little bit here and there, but like, well, shit, (laughs) there had been like a quarter inch of water in our basement. 
damn, that sucks. Yeah. So when you tried calling me earlier and I didn't respond, it's because we were out moving one of the, the rugs that was drying from outside to in the garage because it's raining outside. Well, then. Yeah, we did get hit with a, a storm on Thursday. That's why it happened. Just like there oh, was yeah, a no, lot I... of rain. I, I remember getting part of that storm on Thursday, Friday. That that was that was a lot of rain. Yeah, yeah. And it was a storm that was on a diagonal. So it was it was running from northwest to southeast and it was traveling in a southeast direction and we caught the bottom edge of it and then it just went across the entire length of the storm. Ouch. Oh, it was so bad. There was flooding in Madison. I have a friend who has a picture of his car that was parked out on the street, and it is halfway up the wheel. Oh, my. So, yeah. It's been an interesting two days. Good thing you guys didn't pick this weekend to be out here. Well, yeah, no, that, because the family reunion was outside. Yep, and our heat index was like 112 the last two days. Let's see, what is it right now? Loading the, up the weather? The current heat index? Yes, here in Kalamazoo. 90. Oh, I, I have to go find my my watch because it tells me the feels like temperature. My phone tells me the absolute temperature. And I can't type because it sends, so I can't look it up. I, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Did you message Kate? Is that what that typing was? Nope. Really? That typing she... was me forgetting that I can't type, and I was trying to type, like, what is the heat index? <laughs> How hot does it feel outside? Somebody needs to make a purely quiet keyboard. How would you do that, though? Plastic. Or not plastic. Rubber. I have one. I don't know where it is. I think I brought it to work. You get a rubber keyboard. I could see that. Yeah, no, that would make sense. Uh, some places in town, it's 93. Next town over is 94. But here it in Kalamazoo... It feels like 89 here, which is really, really low compared to the last couple days. Yeah, no, here it's 90. Well, okay then. Evidently, Dave, Bri says I might have known that he crocheted. Yes, I know. Kate just said Dave asked Bri about crochet and Brian responded to Dave. Yeah. Why is Kate said never mind? Why is Kate sending me messages? Because it's Kate. But that message, like of all the messages to say, you're like, Dave's texting Bri. Yes? Maybe Bri told her. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, that that's my guess. In any case. Oh, man. It's amazing how emotionally draining it is to go into your basement and find, like, standing water. How about going into work and finding your basement flooded? Yeah. How much are those leak frog things? Probably not that expensive. Slash water detectors. Like, you've got one in it, at work, right? Uh, ours is built for us. We just built our own. You built a water detector. Yes. Yes, we did. Okay. Water alarms by new for... $12, $15. The leak frog is 40 What the frack? That is an expensive thing. Here's no, the- a water alarm four-pack for $10. I expect you would have to, like, built-in non-replaceable battery included. Yeah, one-time use. So they stay dry and off until they get wet, and then it closes the circuit, and then it keeps going off until the battery dies. Okay. Ours sort of looks like the Saber water leak alarm, except we extended the little metal prongs so they're bigger. And uh, we put one hell of a uh, alarm attached to it. It is quite loud. You can hear it from basically anywhere in the building. You know what? I think I just figured out an Arduino project. Oh, no. Yeah, that would work quite well. Because I could wire it up and then have it, like, text the water. Be like, hey, your basement's flooding. That sounds like a much better thing to do, since I already have the Arduinos. 
Yeah, no, that probably would. I have a feeling somebody's probably got that as a project already. Arduino water leak sensor. Hey, look at that. Literally the first of them. Yeah, the first result. How to make an Arduino water detection alarm. Boom. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, there's also one before that. It's also a Wi-Fi water leak sensor. Yep. But you have to get the ESP8266 Arduino and Easy IoT server. The Internet of Things. All right. Well, with that, I've now taken care of. Hi, Andy. Why, hello. This also happened like the week after I got my gutters cleaned and I look outside now because it was a huge storm and like there's so many leaves and tree parts in the gutter now. I'm very sad. Yeah, we just had our uh, our trees inspected yesterday. Uh, our oak tree needs to be trimmed, but it turns out you shouldn't actually trim an oak tree unless it's winter time. Well, that's probably true for many trees, not uh, just no, oak trees. The maple like, tree. trees you could probably do any time. Uh, yeah, the maple tree out front and the cherry tree out front, both of those you can trim at any time. But the oak tree, you're not supposed to trim that until it's dormant. Yeah, because it's like running full tilt during the summer. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the same thing with your grass. Like, well, if you can, cover it, your grass in the winter, no one cares. If you cover it in the summer, it will die in two days. Uh, the guy said that they might get a disease and die in two weeks. Holy shit, that would really suck for your tree. Yeah, especially since the tree diameter is 44 inches, and he said, what was, a uh, black oak? So you had an arboreist look at it? Yes, we had an actual arborist. Yes, you can look up tree service, but I'm like, nope, I want, like, a legitimate I want arborist. Who studies trees for a living. No, I don't want to, there's a, there's, hmm, there's a city called Black Oak. No, I don't want that. Okay, so the circumference was 44 inches, dividing by pi. Gets you the diameter. Where's the pi button on my calculator? Seriously. I'll just estimate it. 44 divided by 3.1, it's 14. Okay, determine the growth factor for your oak. It's almost exactly 14, actually. It's really kind of scary. Multiply by 4. That should get me the age. I'm waiting. 56, that's not right. I've messed up my math. Unless the diameter so, is 44. That's that's what the diameter... The diameter is 44? I don't doubt it. It's a big tree. So three and a half feet across? Yeah, no, the, that would make sense. That that actually isn't that big, Andy. Are you saying that your tree is just over a yard wide? Yeah, which would put its age at 176 years, which would be more in the right ballpark. Okay. But yeah, no, I don't want to I don't want to kill like a approximately maybe 200-year-old tree in 2 weeks by trimming Cutting it back. It. I I do question that a little bit. Because, like, how many times do you see one of these trees where it got hit by lightning or there was a lot of wind and one of the branches just snaps off? Oh, okay. If oaks are wounded or must be pruned during the non-winter months, apply wound dressing or latex paint to mask the odor of freshly cut wood so beetles that spread oak wilt will not be attracted to the trees. Ah, there it is. Yeah, so oak wilt disease would be bad. Yes. How, uh, how limited a signal can I send without getting in trouble with the FCC? Depends. Depends on where on the spectrum you're sending it. Typical FM radio spectrum? Let's see. A personal FM transmitter is... Uh, FM transmitters need to have an MERP of 0.01 microwatts measured at 3 meters. Okay, that, that doesn't tell me anything. Not a lot. If you're talking 0.01 microwatts, that's pretty low. 
Yes. Sounds a lot bigger when you call it like 10 nanowatts. All right. Well, never mind then. Anyway. Why? Were you planning on <laughs> hooking up an FM transmitter on that thing? Uh, an FM receiver? Not necessarily to that thing, but like you, you can, there's an FM receiver module and I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of cool because like FM goes through a lot of stuff and you wouldn't have to have it on a Wi-Fi because it could go through a lot of stuff. But in any case, we should probably move on to actual things. Actual things, unlike non-actual things. Unlike our personal things, people tend to listen to the show to, like, find out news and tech and what the hell is going on in the world. Although, guys, I'm really sorry. I don't have an answer for that last one at this point after the the whole Republican convention. Can I I do one last little personal thing that I just actually got? Sure. I thought was pretty funny. Can we do a do-over on the primaries? Um, So uh, Amanda Abington is um, Martin Freeman's wife, also plays his wife on Sherlock. Okay. She was doing a Ask Sherlock Q&A on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, hey, what is the one thing that Sherlock can give to John that Mary can't? Her response, a penis. Okay. Did not see that one coming. Really? The one thing a guy can give that a woman can't? Yeah, no, I, I didn't expect, okay, I didn't expect that response coming from her. Okay, that I I don't know, but okay. So, topics. Topics. Should Hi, we hit- Andy. Should we hit the arbitrary, not arbitrary, um... Oh, I'm waiting for you to dig a hole. Go for it. Keep going. Not arbitrary, but, uh... Happens all the time. Word on the tip of your tongue. I'm still waiting. And I'm still just digging through my vocabulary, and it's not working. Yep, waiting. Not consistently, um... Weekly... Recurring? Recurring story about pokemon that we have to do because (laughs) pokemon i i will point out i did not place to my knowledge let me double check this any topics about pokemon go yep i did not do anything for pokemon go really i was expecting you know something about nintendo stock or something i mean their stock is up it's not as high as it was when they came out with the wii but um yeah so we just uh, we we have to hit a pokemon topic we just okay i think it's in our contract or something i wait what so pokemon wait a second did you sign a contract with someone no no i didn't okay pokemon go yeah so the u.s state department spokesman john kirby was at a briefing with the media and he's reading a prepared statement okay Oh, yeah, and someone was playing Pokemon Go in the crowd. Someone was playing Pokemon Go during the briefing. Yeah, they called him out on it. Yeah, he stopped in the middle. I was like, you're playing that Pokemon thing there, aren't you? Yes, I am. He's like, yes, I am. He goes back to his statement at the end, goes, well, did you catch anything? Signal kept dropping out? Yeah, because the signal isn't very good, he said no. And (laughs) no, no joke, Kirby responded with, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's it's still a thing. It is definitely still a thing. One of my trainees actually, um, he, he had heard that a lot of hospitals are asking Google and Nintendo to turn it off, right? Because it's patient safety. They don't want that many people on the campus who don't need to be there. And one of my trainees actually heard that Epic was considering doing something similar and sent an email to our CEO saying like, hey, thank you for having this. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been really nice and a lot of fun. I've gotten to meet a lot of people by doing it. Yeah, there, it's, there was a, an article I saw on Facebook that said um, there was a, 
uh, a shelter that was saying, hey, you know, like, if you don't want people to think that you're doing that, rent a dog for $5. Yep. And, you know, you can walk the dog and people won't look at you weird. <laughs> they said they rented them so much that, you know, they waived all the adoption fees because they made so much money with this. And then uh, they're also out of dogs because so many people are taking them for walks. Well, most of them are actually getting adopted because of this. Aww. Like, people will post them on Facebook, and people will be like, oh, that's a cute dog. I'll I'll adopt that one. That's adorable. Yeah, so they're actually getting, like, other dogs from other shelters to come over so they can actually, you know, keep the keep the process going. That's really cute. That's that's absolutely adorable. So, yes, that's, uh, I am, yeah, no, not still, still not going to do it. <laughs> really? Yeah, Brian even asked me, he's like, so how come you're not doing it? I'm like, I don't we, have a... We talked about that last week, and you said the same thing about Ingress. Yes, I know, and I I still... I, and then you played it, and you enjoyed it. Yes, I was also underemployed at the time. True. I'm already pulling probably more than nine hours a day at work. So I, I you know, I come home, and I want to come home after work, not come home and... <laughs> go to the park and walk around in a circle but if you had a dog god we have enough dogs in this area already never i'm looking at the hallway at my puppy right now he's just sitting there and he is adorable oh no don't get me wrong dogs are adorable it's just there's a lot of barking going on yeah our dog doesn't do a lot of barking we actually tried to get him to howl last night and had zero luck like, we, we put dogs that were howling on YouTube, and we howled with him, and he's just like, nope, I'd rather not. Why, though? Because it's cute. Shut up. All right. No, no, whatever floats your boat. Yep. So, something that's not Pokemon. Something not Pokemon, but, I mean, Pokemon is a lot of fun to talk about and play. Like, really fun to play, Andy. Yeah, nope, I'm good. Okay. Uh, non-Pokemon topics. We've got a few of them. DARPA is one of them. It's towards the bottom of the list. There's actually two DARPAs on there. There are two DARPA challenges that we have going on. Uh, and it looks like they both have to do with AI. Yes, that is true. I think DARPA is really getting into the artificial intelligence stuff right now. Does that scare you? Because, like, thinking about all the sci-fi things where it's like, oh, yeah, we made this computer for defense, and oops. Yeah, no, that's that's a lot of the uh, machine takeover sci-fi stories somehow have to do with artificial intelligence and, and defense. Defense, like the military and DARPA especially, because, like, that's where we are doing that research. Yeah, no, this is, oh, this is funny. All right. So this is one where they are trying to teach computers how to hack other computers. Yes. Which is terrifying. <laughs> like, nuclear bomb research levels of terrifying for me. But then you could also have other AI trying to find vulnerabilities before... Like, I mean, this to me, this is, um, 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 shit, what's the... Crap, Pandora's box. This is kind of a Pandora's box situation, right? But the, I feel like this would be more of a um, preemptive thing. Software companies don't have to have massive QA farms of, you know, trying to find the flaws in Adobe Acrobat. They just give it to a computer and the computer just churns on it without having to take a break without having to deal with human needs. And it just comes back and goes, well, there was a security flaw here. There was an override buffer problem here. There's a problem here. It still makes me really super nervous. 
because somebody instead of you know going line by line through a code of something instead just programs a computer to do it for you yeah i feel like that's just logical well because uh, i don't think that it's actually going through the code is it like it's just trying attacks and no learning. no the, the task for this game mm-hmm was to, let's see, the sh- machines will have to comprehend the language of the software, author the logic for that software, write their own network clients, and arrive at a path of a new vulnerability entirely on their own. The task was to program it to be able to recognize and understand previously undisclosed software, find its flaws, and fix it. Yeah, that's, that is a little uh, disturbing. I'm just going to say that, putting it out there. Uh, there's no actual hacking of the other computers. You can still, you know, see if the ex like if you find an exploit on your computer and fix it, then you can actually go and scan the other computers and get quote unquote points for doing that. But you're not allowed to actually hack them. Right. The goal is not to hack. The goal is to break software. Yes. And the finals of this are no joke going to be held at Black Hat USA and DEF CON this year. Because there aren't people there who won't take advantage of it. I don't know. I think this could be interesting. Really, this is actually a second year of the program? I guess. Yeah, on June 3rd, 2015, each finalist fielded an autonomous system that found and fixed enough vulnerabilities to gain an invitation to the final event. Now, some of these places are like, okay, so you got Arlington, Virginia, Moscow, Idaho? Really? Mm. Oh, wow, there's actually an international team in this contest as well. So the other DARPA challenge... Which yes. is one that uh, might be of, of even more interest to Andy than this first one, is an AI radio challenge. Oh, good. So if you have, say, three different Wi-Fi networks in the same area, and they're on the same channel, then they are competing for space. Yes. Right? They are interfering with each other, they are broadcasting on the same bandwidth, and it's just not good for anyone involved. It's like having three cars trying to go down the same lane on the highway. Well, that's, that's not usually too difficult, but yes. What happens if one of them's going 55, the other one's going 70, and somebody else is doing 20? Well, then the one going 20 eventually falls behind. What happens if it's in front and you can't pass? Uh, that sucks. Okay. I'll, I, I'll feel, I still have like, eh, it's a squishy analogy, but I'll take it for now. I'm just full of bad analogies right now. This is Yeah, you are yeah. not doing well on your analogy game today. I'm not doing good on math this weekend. I'm not doing good on analogies. You... I, you- you if keep that one in the back of your mind. If you come up with a better analogy for for three networks, really, it's just there's three people in a room trying to shout at each other or trying to use the same computer. Sure. So DARPA wants radio based devices, which is to say anything that is on a Wi-Fi network to be able to negotiate with the things around it to make a better use of the available spectrum. Yes, that is correct. Which doesn't seem like it would be too difficult. Like, I don't feel that's a a really a DARPA AI challenge so much as like you just need a standard, right? You need to publish a standard of this is how you negotiate with radio beacons nearby and go from there. Well, what they're trying to do, though, is because the the World Wide Web is built on uh, self-mending capabilities. Yes. If a switch goes down, the World Wide Web normally can correct itself and find another way to go places. That is, unless, you know, there's one cable going into your country and, you know, the government cuts it. Yeah, then you're kind of screwed. Then you're hosed. But if, there, you know, there's multiple access points, like, heck, I think, let's see how many Wi-Fi networks are currently available to my laptop. One, two, four, six, eight. There are currently eight Wi-Fi networks available to my laptop. 
if you know mine goes down, it, they want to be able to make it so my computer will automatically adjust how it works. So yes, there could be a standard, but that standard needs to have some intelligence behind it because things are going to change all the time. Right. But it's not it, it's not like oh I dropped off of my network what other networks can I hop on it's my network is having difficulty because there are other networks using the same bandwidth let's renegotiate and figure out what's a good spot for us to be on yes and how do how do I interact with yours interact with my neighbors yeah so how I guess we- there is a, an AI cuz you need kind of a swarm intelligence going on Yes, to to say like, oh, well, what's available? My neighbors is like, well, don't go, don't go on. Literally, one of our Wi-Fi networks around here is neighbor Murray. Okay, don't don't use Murray. That's it looks good, but it's not actually that much bandwidth sort of thing. So I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to go over here and connect to something no, but else. It's not connecting to something else. That's not what this challenge is. It's not saying, oh, don't go on Murray. It's saying Murray is currently using this space in the spectrum. You should use a different one. Okay, so, okay, so they. Can, it's, yeah, not reading, ne- it's not negotiating what connection to use. It's what part of the spectrum does your connection use. Okay, so yeah, the primary goal is to imbue radios with advanced machine learning capabilities so they can collectively develop strategies that optimize use of wireless spectrum in ways not possible with today's intrinsically inefficient approach of pre-allocating exclusive access to designated frequencies. Right. So instead of me going to my router and saying, this router is now on channel 11, it's the router saying, I'm going to be on this channel. Hey, other routers nearby, I'm using this channel. Can you not? Or having your router go to a new location, taking it to a new house, plugging it in, your router automatically goes, what's available? Hey, routers, tell me what's going on. Yep. Have the other routers talk to that router and say, well, you can use channel 7. Yep. And the the real kind of trick is that you aren't going to want the routers to actively talk to each other. You aren't? It should all be passive. Well, Andy, would you like it if your neighbor's routers started talking to yours from a security standpoint? No, that would be bad. Right. But your router is out there just broadcasting. Yes. Yes, it is. So if your neighbors are listening to that broadcast and then making decisions based on it without actively communicating back... That's okay. Well, this should be interesting. Granted, we're going to have to wait a while because the contest is not even going to start until next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, among other things, don't they need to wait for the FCC to say, like, yeah, let's do this? Well, DARPA actually needs to build the test bed first. They need to go, okay, how are we actually going to test this? (laughs) So we want to do this. But we aren't really sure what it means, and we have no idea how we're going to actually test it. Yes, I think they've actually figured out how they're going to test it now, though, which is why they said, okay, it's going to start next year. Three rounds. Last round's going to be in 2020. So, yeah, no, it seems that they're finally getting the ball rolling. Okay. If we want to wait a month, there's going to be a competitor's information day on August 10th this year to... Um, find out more about this competition. So that is the DARPA information then. The crazy news out of DARPA. Yep. Speaking of wireless, though, Verizon has added another wrinkle to their unlimited plans, which technically no longer exist. Okay. Uh, For those who are still on the grandfathered unlimited plans with Verizon, if you use more than 100 gigabytes a month, you will be disconnected from the network on August 31st. 
And, you know, people went to Verizon and like, wait, are you serious? And they have said, this is Verizon. Because our network is a shared resource and we need to ensure all customers have a great mobile experience with Verizon. We are notifying very small group of customers on unlimited plans who use an extraordinary amount of data that they will they must move to one of the new Verizon plans by August 31st, 2016. It kind of sucks. Yep, for- you... You have until the 31st to change plans, which just so you know, the 100 gigabyte plan with Verizon costs $450 per month. God damn. Uh, Customers who don't switch by August 31st will get their lines shut down, but can reactivate their accounts within 50 days by switching to a limited plan. Still pricey. Yep. Join or die. Yeah, no shit. That sucks. Sorry, folks on Verizon. So sucks for some people. It sucks for a lot of people, actually. Granted, 100 gigabytes a month? Do, do you have, does your ISP give you how much data you use per month? My ISP? Yes. Not that I, I maybe? I'm going to have to type to find out. Type away. I have to remember who my ISP is. <laughs> what? I have just, what's, I have friggin' charter. Billing guide ask spectrum. All right, let's go see the billing statements. Maybe it's on here. View statement, maybe, probably not. My account. View usage details, here we go. Yeah, that would be great if I had that sort of thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Internet, devices. Yeah, there's the modem. Okay, my data, which literally I have one day left in my billing period. So this is my last month was 71.71 gigabytes of data used. Okay. So it's telling me I have a modem. Wow. (laughs) Not telling me anything about like how much data that modem has used. Well, don't you have like a cap or something with Charter? No, none that I'm aware of. May 2nd, 2016, charter to drop data caps. Okay. I'm so, watching the transmit to see if the uh, lightning is transmitting. You have lightning there right now? We are uh, in the middle of a very small storm. Okay. So, yeah, so I could, if I still, you know, had a Verizon thing and still had a grandfather plan, would still be under the limit for our entire month for the house for data usage. Yep. Yeah, they they don't give me any information. God damn, Charter sucks. Let's see, the most I downloaded in one day was 6.21 gigabytes. Man, I don't get any of that stuff. What did you do for 6 gigabytes in a day? Install WoW? July 3rd. What the that hell was were we... Sunday. That was a Sunday. We weren't recording because it was the holiday. Yep. Maybe we were watching lots of Netflix or something. Were you even home that day? Yeah, I was home that day because I posted the, the... We were at the fire pit out back and it sounded like a freaking war zone with the amount of fireworks going off. Right, right. Well, I probably was... Um, Let's see, if it was Sunday, I probably went out running in the morning and then started watching Daredevil when I got back. And we probably watched other television that evening as well. So that probably was probably a good four, five, six, seven hours of Netflix going that day. Okay, that's a lot of Netflix. It wasn't a lot of Netflix. Oh, and Chris Froome is going to win the Tour de France again. Good for him. Yeah. uh, Yesterday, or today, was the last actual day of racing. Because tomorrow is basically the victory lap and the sprint on the cobblestones. Is it possible to lose? Like, if you were in the lead, is it possible to lose tomorrow? Uh, It would be if somebody went and basically broke your leg, so you had to, you know, not be able to pedal. But I feel like at that point, the rest of your team would kind of throw you on your shoulders and just try and haul you across the line. Is that allowed? <laughs> Probably not. I think you actually aren't allowed to 
like physically help the person. But I feel like, you know, if you're in the final stage of the Tour de France and somebody broke one of your legs, I would just like hold it out the side and just try pedaling with one leg the whole rest of the way. <laughs> but yes, no. Yes, if somebody, you know, ran him over, then he would still not win. But you're not technically supposed to attack the winner on the last day. I don't think you're supposed to attack the winner at any point. Well, I mean, like, not actually. Unless, like, like the Tour de France is a lot more interesting than I thought it was. No, you're not. At, yes, no, you're not allowed to actually, like, beat up on the other the people. Re- yeah. But the I racers mean, like, cannot attack other racers. No, but I'm what I mean by attack is you actually try and, you know, beat them uh on the stage. So you try and bike faster than them that day. That's that's oh, saying, that's, so you're you're not supposed to try to win. No, you're not supposed to try to win on the last day. There was one year where the last day was actually an individual time trial, but I think that's happened once and they've never done it again. Okay, but you're not supposed to actually try if if you aren't there in the last day, it's too bad you lose. Yes, that is correct. What if someone does? What if like the second place person is like, no, 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 this is stupid. I can still win. This is still technically part of the race. Well, let's see what the let's see what the the time difference is. I don't I don't care about this year. I mean, just in general. Okay, so the time difference between first and second place this year right now is four minutes and five seconds. So you'd have to beat the first place by four minutes. Yes, and which is the, not likely to happen. No, especially since the stage is only seventy miles long. Right. I I understand that, Andy. But what if the first and second place was like ten seconds? I don't know. That's it's it's like one of those unwritten rules of the tour that you're not supposed to do it, but. God, if I was literally only 10 seconds behind the guy at that point. Wouldn't you push through the last and be like, you know what? No, fuck him. Like, yeah, no, that would be. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you wanted to be honorable about it, you'd probably go to him the day before and say, like, look, tomorrow I'm not letting you win. This is still part of the race. Yeah, no, that would be. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, there is. Yeah, there's a couple of. Um, oh, wait, here we go. There are a few exceptions in which the last stage saw attacks on the leading position in general full classification. All right. So that's this. I'm going through the Wikipedia article here. There were um, four state four years, four years where people tried to attack on the last stage. OK. 1979, uh, three minutes and seven seconds behind the leader. He tried to attack on the last stage, hoping to win enough time, but didn't. Uh, 1989 was the individual time trial. Um, he beat him by 58 seconds to win by eight. Oh, he closed 50 seconds gap to win by eight seconds. Yeah, it's the first and only time a time time trial fa- final stage. It's 1989. 2005, um, Lance Armstrong was winning, but there uh, the people behind him, the other two guys were only two seconds apart. So, so they attacked each other? Yes. And 2015, bad weather caused the two organizers to declare the overall classification neutralized upon entry 70 kilometers before the stage finished. So yeah, there was, there was three times where people were actually fighting. Two of those actually had to try and deal with first place out of the entire history of the Tour de France. Yeah. So yes, it is not unheard of. But it's it's probably pretty bad form to do so. It's also bad form to actually try and press the attack while the leader is actually on the side of the road going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, there's an unwritten rule that you're not allowed to beat up on a guy while his pants are down. 
So what do you do if, like, if you catch up to the leader, then wait? Well, you pretty much just, you know, don't press your advantage. You kind of just, you just, everybody just, you know, holds where they're at until the person gets back on their bicycle again. Man, if I ever took the lead, I'd be like, all right, guys, hang on. I got to take the biggest shit ever. I would not because I will never be in the lead of the Tour de France. But like that, there are some silly rules for a multi-day marathon. Yes, yes, there are. I feel like bathroom habits should be considered part of the strategy. Yeah, there's no, you, you don't want to be in the lead and then, you know, basically held up because the guy who's actually in the lead needed to use the bathroom. Yeah. What other topics do we have, sir? Uh, smartphone, uh, smartwatches are actually on the decline. Okay. And by that, I mean the Apple Watch is on the decline because... Yeah. Because Android beat them to the market and yeah. is doing a better job. Uh, year over year, Apple Watches were down 55%, and they have 72% of the market share this year. Um, everybody else is actually up year over year, but because there were so many Apple Watches sold during... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, 72% of the market share last year. They're at 47% of the market this year. Because there's so many fewer Apples sold, the year over year growth of the smartwatch industry is down, but everybody else is up. For everyone else, they're doing fine. Yes. Samsung's up 51%. Lenovo's up 75 LG's up 26 Garmin's up 25 Everybody is up. Except Apple. Except Apple. Because Apple Watch. Because Apple was stupid. Yeah, but they, they know how to market stuff. Apple could sell you your own shoes to some people. Just, just putting that out there. Apple was really stupid with their watch. They made bad, bad, bad decisions. So what's this heat-resistant foam from Wonder Bread? So you know how to make charcoal? Yeah, you just have to burn wood, but not really burn it. You just kind of got to, like, like, heat it up, but don't give it oxygen. Yep. So you, you, you have to burn it, but without oxygen. Yes. So you aren't oxidizing it. You are just cooking it, essentially. You're removing the impurities from the actual thing, so all you're left with is basically pure carbon. Yeah, well, sort of. I mean, it, it cooks away some of the organics, right? It breaks down some of the compounds, and wood actually burns through two stages, one of which is with oxygen, one's without. Well, it turns out if you do that with Wonder Bread, off-the-shelf sliced white Wonder Bread... It turns into this carbon foam, which is more heat resistant than like the tiles used by NASA on spacecraft. That's funny. So if you ever need a heat resistant material, you can cook Wonder Bread in an oxygen free environment. That's funny. So yeah, no, because it will st- it will keep its shape. So yeah, the foam will the air bubbles in the bread, which make it you know big and nice and fluffy and tasty. It makes Wonder Bread Wonder Bread. Yeah. Yep. Causes it to um, act just be, as a heat shield. Yeah. Dang, I'll have to keep that in mind. It's now, not question a it, very useful heat shield, but it is a heat shield. I mean, you can't like mass produce. I guess if you made a giant piece of Wonder Bread. I love this. In the ACS Applied Materials and Interfaces, researchers found that the carbon coat made from bread is mechanically stiff, can shield against electromagnetic interference, and is much less flammable than current carbon foams. Scientists sat in the lab, made bread, and torched it because the method is cheaper, and in some cases better, than existing options. You you, you okay over there? No, not really. Things are happening. They're okay now. We're okay. We're good. You sure? We're fine. Yep. Are you really sure? No. Okay. I am a little concerned that because it's raining, my basement is flooding. As we speak. That would be rather unfortunate. That would actually be rather unfortunate, yes. In any case, 
cafe is broken? Yes. Um, cafe? Cafe. Is this cafe or cafe? Uh, they, cafe. Okay. Cafe stands for the corporate, corporate average fuel economy. Yeah. These are the new standards that all the automakers have to um, abide by by 2025. Okay. So the um, all auto manufacturers across their whole fleet have to average an EPA of 54.5. Okay. The problem is the fact that the EPA, the rules for CAFE yep. state that they have to use the same uh, EPA testing numbers as they did back in 1975. Okay. Why is this a bad thing? Because they didn't really do much correct testing back in 1975. How do you incorrectly test? Um, They assume that you drive 48 miles per hour on the highway, never hit stop and go traffic, never use the air conditioner, or drive when it's colder than 68 degrees. Maximum uh-huh. maximum rate of acceleration from zero to sixty is about twenty seconds. That's not very accurate. No, that's not accurate at all. That does not represent most modern driving habits. Nope. Which everybody you know is like, well, it's not much we can do about it, especially since you know anytime anybody's like, we need to rewrite this law. People are like, well, we're kind of fearful that the Republican-led House and Senate will rewrite this law. And kind of just scrap the whole thing. And say no standards whatsoever. Yep. You can put whatever number you want on your car. We'll call it Pirate Ninjas. This car gets 10 Pirate Ninjas. Or you could call it Clowns and be like, well, this is a 20 clown car. Ha 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 ha. Cute. Thank you. I get 15 clowns per Pirate Ninja. You get 15 clowns per Pirate Ninja? Yep. The dealer told me that that's a good thing. Hey, more clowns the better, unless you're afraid of clowns, and then you want to buy a low clown car. Yep. Maybe clown is a measurement of emission. (laughs) Maybe clown's not actually a good thing. No, it's not good to have too many clowns coming out of your car. Yep. So, because of the concern of total deregulation, we're stuck with really bad regulation? Yes, that is correct. Does that seem a little backwards to you? Yes, yes it does. And a little unfortunate? Like, I'm not sure that's still a good thing. I I just, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, well, it's like, yes, you need to update it, but the rules state 1975 testing, so it's what they're doing. Which, you know, will lead into things like Volkswagen go, well, we can't actually get the right numbers, but we know how the testing happens, and it's easy to fool the testers. Yeah. So, Volkswagen Dieselgate. Yep. Is that a gate? Do they call it Dieselgate? Yes. If you Google Dieselgate, you will hit the VW stuff. Oh, that's silly. Poor hotel, right? Everything becomes a gate because of the Watergate Hotel. Yep. That's, you know, you, you Google Dieselgate, and it says, first response is Dieselgate news, videos, reviews, and gossip from Jalopnik, yeah. Volkswagen Dieselgate settlement, and the third one is the Volkswagen emission scandals Wikipedia article. A.K.A. Dieselgate. Yep. Yeah, so cafe's broken, and we can't fix it unless, I don't know, unless what? Unless you talk to your congressman, congressman? and say, hey, fix this, but don't, like... Don't break it. Fix this, but don't just get rid of it. Like, we still need it. Just make it yes. better. All right, Dave, if you thought of the world's fastest electric car, yeah. what comes to mind? The world's fastest electric car? Yes. Street Nothing? legal electric car. Uh, there's there's a solar-powered, so technically electric, electric race car that U of M had. Oh, so you're thinking like the solar the solar racer? The yeah. one that looks like a... Like a like a knife wedge actually just going through. Yep. I was actually thinking something along the lines of like the, the Tesla Model S P65 or whatever it is. Okay. They're like ridiculously fast. We can go zero to 60 in three seconds. 
Yes. Okay. I want you to look at the flux capacitor article that I have listed, and that car in the photo is actually the world's fastest electric vehicle. <laughs> That's cute. It looks like an old school Mini Cooper that was literally squished. Yep. Not squished adorable. like horizontal, but like squished vertical. Okay. And so this is the fast, fastest electric car. Yes. It can do, uh, let's see, it did the quarter mile in 9.87 seconds and is so now the fastest street legal 40 electric vehicle. 40 seconds per mile, right? Oh, 38 seconds per mile. So it goes like 80 miles an hour? I, I don't know. Let's see what the thing says. Uh, no, uh, let's see, uh, miles per hour, uh, 122.43. 122.43. So it should be able to do a quarter mile in six seconds, right? Because it would be 30 seconds per mile. So a quarter, so seven and a half. Well, yes. I guess it had to accelerate. Yes. No, you're going from zero to top speed in a quarter mile which 9.86 seconds gives you an approximate miles per hour of 100 and well that one was 121.73 okay so it can probably it can reach up to 120 how long can it stay there probably not very long um it also only has a range of 50 miles yeah but so it, it, but you can do those 50 miles in like a half an hour pretty much yes Lazarus came to join me. This is why you hear other noises. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, man, we're just meandering through topics today. Voltron Season 2. I am so excited for this. So the Voltron that's new has already been renewed for a second season? Not only renewed for a second season, it will come out later this year. Didn't it just come out? Like two months ago. Well, that's quick. Yeah, super excited because I actually enjoyed watching it. I don't watch a whole lot of television, but sitting down and watching Voltron was it's worth it. It's really very nicely done. I see. It has enough callbacks to the original show to be worth watching, but it's still its own show. Hmm. Well, that should be interesting. So really excited. Season two comes late 2016. Not expected to come out that quickly. I mean, I would have been happy with a season two announcement, but knowing that it comes out in 2016, that's just even better. True. Because we're over halfway through 2016 now. That is true. We are on the back half of the year now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Dave, you own Birkenstocks, right? Uh, I have owned Birkenstocks. Are you I sure not, that? Are I'm you pretty sure, sure that, I do not currently own Birkenstock. Okay, I was going to ask, though, are you sure that they're legitimate Birkenstocks? Uh, well, I bought them from the Birkenstock outlet in Ann Arbor. Okay, that's probably legitimate, because now um, some people who bought them on Amazon um, were getting fake Birkenstocks. Yeah? From Amazon? From Amazon. That's unfortunate. Yep. That's a lot of money for a counterfeit. Very true. Uh, Birkenstocks, because of this problem, has said that they are leaving Amazon. Ooh. Starting January 1st. So and no Birkenstocks on Amazon will be real Birkenstocks. Additionally, Birkenstocks also won't authorize third-party merchants to sell on the site as well. No so Birkenstocks, no Birkenstocks that you see on Amazon will be real Birkenstocks. Yes, because they were having problems, you know, with all the fake Birkenstocks getting created by Chinese companies and then getting added to Amazon's logistics system. Right. So what about, like, Zappos? Will I be able to get Birkenstocks on Zappos? Can I get Birkenstocks on Zappos right now? 
because that's owned by Amazon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It looks like you can buy Birkenstocks right now on Zappos. So will they continue to be available on Zappos? I don't know. It's like they specifically deal with shoes and sandals. I feel like it would be an okay thing to try. Well, hopefully, because, you know, maybe Zappos only gets it from Birkenstocks instead of third-party retailers. Right. I found the one big kicker, though, there is they said that Amazon commingles inventory from distributors at its fulfillment centers. Mm -hmm. So you could actually go to Amazon and say, yes, no, I'd like to buy these Birkenstocks. Probably sold by Birkenstocks on the web page, but you don't actually know because all of the third-party distributors have just put all their stuff in a pile, some of it legitimate, some of it fake. You just don't know. So you might be getting a real Birkenstock. Yep. But you might not. That is correct. The moral of the story is buy Birkenstocks from a Birkenstock outlet. Or just don't spend money on overpriced sandals. I'm wearing Detroit Tigers flip-flops and Dr. Scholl sandals as my sandals of choice. Okay. I don't even know what sandals I have. I have sandals. I got them from DSW. Ah, that's where I got most of my shoes recently, actually. Yep. By the way, your CNBC site uh, that is the Birkenstock link has an autoplay video. I realized that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Let me uh, just mark that then. Amazon and Birkenstocks autoplay video. So what's up with Legends of Zelda Link to the Past? Oh my god. So, you know, I've, I've kind of been interested lately in the um, speedrunning community stuff, right? Yes. Yes, like, I have. I have noticed that you are into the speedrunning stuff recently. Right. Mostly just as, as an observer. Like, I'm not getting into actually doing speedruns, but just it's a fun thing to watch. Well, Link to the Past is a game that's been out for a long time, and people are really used to it. Have you played Link to the Past? This is the Super Nintendo one. Yeah, where you had the you had to switch between the two timelines. No, or is it, no, two worlds, but not two timelines. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. The two worlds it was like a dark two world and a light world. Timelines was Ocarina of Time. That one I have not played because I have no idea what that blue thing is. What an ocarina is? Is that what that blue thing is? Yes. And yes, I have no idea what that blue thing is. Okay. The blue thing is an ocarina. It's a wooden flute. But Link that's, to the Past is the Super blue? Nintendo one. Why, why would you take time to paint a wooden flute blue? Just just go with it. Andy, okay. Why, Andy, really? Why would you take time to decorate an instrument? Okay. I'm sorry. That's... How much does a Les Paul go for? A lot. Is that because it it's like a Stradivari quality? Like, is it just that really good? Or is Pretty it because it looked really good? A little bit of both. Right. With that out of the way, sir. Yes. Link to the Past. It's a very easy, fun Zelda game. I actually think it's probably one of the easiest Zelda games, which is probably why I like it. The puzzles are fairly intuitive. The dungeons are a lot of fun. And once you know it, you know it pretty well, right? You start the game. Oh, go here. Okay, you do that. And oh, go here. And okay, you do that. Like, first item you get is a lantern. And then you get a sword and shield. And then you get the boomerang. And then it it builds up and up. Someone took one of the ROMs and hacked it to randomize the items. Ooh. So instead of opening that first chest and getting the lantern, you open that first chest and maybe instead you get the bug net or one of the magic symbols. Wouldn't that break the game, though? Yes, but it doesn't break it in a way that you can't play it. It breaks the game in that you have more alternatives and you might need to explore it in a different way. 
Because if the first item you get is like the power glove that lets you lift rocks, well, the sewer is going to be kind of hard, but like you can still go through that first dungeon, but you also have other dungeons that you can get to now. True. And it means that you might have to explore more of the game because all of the chests are randomized. So the bow and arrow that you need to defeat the game may be off in one of these little side chests that you normally wouldn't ever go to on a speed run. Hmm. Well, this so, could. Yeah, it could. That's just kind of fun and awesome. So somebody took Zelda and kind of gave it a rogue, roguelite twist. Yep. Hmm. Where it's just it's different now. Well, that could be fun. Granted, I'd probably have to play the game first normally because I don't remember anything about it. Well, then that's even better. You just play. It would bring back the sense of exploration. The only downside is that it's the Japanese version of the game. Well, that would be a bit hard. Is it? How much of that text do you actually need? I don't know. Since I don't remember anything of the game, I don't know how much of that text I actually do need. I, I'm guessing very little, Andy. You need very little text. Okay. So is there anything else that you would like to hit before we hit the random topic and um, review? So what is in Tesla's Master Plan Part 2? Uh, Tesla's plan Mark II is uh, more solar power, um, new kinds of Tesla vehicles, including a compact SUV and a pickup truck. Didn't I see something about they wanted to do semi-trucks? Yes, that is also one of them. They want to create a Tesla semi and a shrunken bus. Hmm. Good. And also, uh, he kind of he wants to make Tesla's autopilot ten times safer than cars people drive manually. Okay. And also a uh, Tesla Uber, If as long as they're autonomous drivers, you know, you, you drive to work and then you say, sure, I'd like to rent my Tesla out to people who want to borrow it. That would be cool. And then, you know, they go wherever they want, they drop it off your Tesla, but then just drive back to your place when you need it. Mm-hmm. So that's his part two, which a lot of people think he announced it to try and kind of get people away from talking about the autopilot accident, but who knows? He probably announced it to try and get people away from the autopilot accident. Probably, yes. Because there was an autopilot accident. Yes, that is true. Granted, it was an autopilot accident where the the driver was watching a movie. Is that actually legitimately proven? I thought it was just a thing there because he was he had posted previous videos where he was listening to audio books. And the screen, you know, was kind of destroyed in the accident. So you could still hear it, but they couldn't actually see anything. So do we know this actually? Mm, that's the working going theory. Well, that's a bit sad. Yep. So in any case, random review, sir. My week, I'd like to review League of Dragons, which League is... League of Dragons. That is the Temeraire book. That is the last Temeraire book. It's done. It's done done and done thank god because it it was going downhill the whole time not the first book no not the first book the first book was good number five was good but uh, number number three was good god if i'm gonna be pulling like a reverse star trek here one three five were good the odd numbers were were okay i i felt like the story just kind of got away from her yes like i remember talking about this earlier it kind of turned into the series of they see the world, and what is the world like with dragons? It was still kind of Napoleonic. No, yeah, it was Napoleonic, but still, it was just like, uh, I, just, I wanted to read the book just so I could finish the series is what it was. And it honestly felt like she started with a good idea, and then even in just a grand scheme and microcosm 
um, starts with a good idea, but doesn't know how to finish it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's for the broad series as whole, because this book didn't seem like she knew how to finish it. And then even in the book itself, the final battle of the book just makes no sense, which is why actually I had to turn to Dave and I'm like, how did Napoleon actually, you know, get defeated? I mean, Waterloo. <laughs> in real life. Was it Waterloo? Well, that was that was the great battle, wasn't it? Was that before or after the Russian campaign? That was after. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. How was Napoleon defeated? Uh, Battle of Leipzig was defeated by a coalition of Austrian, Prussian, Russian, and Swedish. Afterwards, he retreated to France, where they captured Paris. So pretty much the, like, book. Yes, okay. But that last battle, you know, the last, like, you had had Temeraire and his counterpart, Lian. Yep. were kind of like the the yin and yang sort of thing. And you kind of, like, expected that she was going to do something with them, but she literally never did. Yep. Now, granted, there were no Incans in the actual fight. No, that is true. Uh, and, like, he wasn't betrayed by his troops in the original fight. Spoilers, by the way. But, yeah. Yeah, no, this... Uh, it was a neat idea. I wish, you know, it was more of the first book, but that just wasn't the case. And I'm glad it's done. It's nice to have a complete story. Yes, that is true. Even though I, it's kind of like Mass Effect, where I didn't expect it to end the way it did. Yeah, but it's okay. It's not. It was not a terrible... I don't regret the time that I spent on it. No, that is true. There were good bits of the story. But in that there. might be the nicest thing I can say about it. Yeah. So yeah, League of Dragons, if you uh, if you if you want to read the whole series, you can get all the books now and it's finally done. Yay. So, random topic? Sure. Rolled ahead of time. What crimes do you support the use of the death penalty? Holy shit deep political topics. Yeah, that this this was uh, yeah this was an interesting one. What crimes do you support the use of the death penalty? Kate responded with, "What is wrong with Hans?" <laughs> Did you text her with like, "Here's what the the topic is" or what? No, she's currently in the other room right now. Oh, they made it back. Okay. Yes, they made it back. Um, hmm. What crimes? For what crimes do you support the death penalty? Oh man, that's. That's really hard to answer. Um, well, we recently killed a bunch of chipmunks that were digging near our foundation. Okay, but that's not human. No. I, I think, ethically, I am okay with distinguishing human versus non-human. Okay. Death penalty for a crime. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything. I'm not really a big pro-death penalty person. I'm definitely not a pro-death penalty. But are there crimes for which the death penalty is an appropriate response. Littering, no. Um, Littering, no. Yeah. I, I honestly just, my personal opinion is I don't, you know, I don't think of anything. I certainly, like, want it in some cases. I'm like, that person should die. But at the same time, I don't think that a, a government should be the thing that kills them. Yeah, governments are fickle things. Yeah, I, I might have to say none in that I, I would be completely pro the abolishment of the death penalty. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Man, this show has been all over the place today. Yes, yes it has. Well, okay. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, nope, sorry, not going to. I, yeah. I don't really, I don't, there are crimes, but what they are, I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Okay. I would not be the one to, you know, if somebody gave me, you know, a, um, gave me, like, the requirement to hand out judgments on people, 
and you know, give, roll out the punishment for them, I I would be bad at it. I would I would yeah, not be good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it then. Yep. That's uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.